Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. At Midwest IT Support Help Desk, we believe that technology should support and enhance your organization's success, not constrain it. With our wide range of best-in-class services, we provide customized solutions that fit your unique IT needs. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Midwest IT Support Help Desk is always available, providing your organization with professional remote help desk support services you need. Midwest IT Support Help Desk will solve your technology issues day or night. Our IT staff ensures that your networking computers are up to date and ready for operation on a daily basis. Don't wait until problems occur. Let our organization solve them with our monitoring software, giving you the peace of mind you need. Let us do the worrying for you. Enabling your workforce with top-notch technologies isn't just important, but imperative for business success. This customizable solution allows your team to work seamlessly and collaboratively in a protected space. No matter what IT services you need, Midwest IT Support Help Desk will be there to support you every step of the way. Midwest IT Support Help Desk. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Please visit www.midwestitsupport.com for more information or shoot us an email at helpdesk at midwestitsupport.com. Give us a call, 765 239 
going on, everybody? And welcome back to another day on your morning cup of sports right here on RadioAFS.com. I am B. Evans, and Farmer is, well, we all know who where Farmer's at. He likes to go missing from time to time, and uh, I guess he wants to see if I can hold down the fort. But, you know, he knows I'm going to do it. He knows I can... Uh, I can roll with the big dogs. So let's uh, go ahead and have some fun today. We will be actually, uh, Big T is going to be here here in just a few minutes. I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about um, with our previous bet that we've made for this year. I want to make a uh, modification to it as well, try and add a little something to it, make it a little bit more interesting. If you don't know about the bet, stay tuned. We will be talking about it here in a little bit when he comes live. But I want to get to the big important thing right now. It's the uh, elephant in the room. My childhood, I was a huge wrestling fan growing up through most of my adult years. You know, I was I was just fixated on it for a while. You know, I was a big fan. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of these wrestlers that are out there when I was an adult, you know, were, were there when I was a kid. So... I got to grow up watching these guys and live my life, and it was awesome. It was amazing. And one of the most notoriously famous tag teams of all time was the Hart Foundation. Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart were an amazing duo. I mean, these guys were just awesome. The way that they would connect with the fans, the way that they would – the way that they just their, – their whole – their whole gimmick, everything about them was just awesome. And, uh, you know, he was tag team partners with Bret Hart in the Hart Foundation. They were two-time, uh, they were two-time tag team, uh, excuse me, two-time tag team champions. And uh, the guy had an amazing career, had an amazing life. Man, he started off, his athlete, his athleticism started off really in school. He, uh, the guy was a monster. I mean, the guy was a straight-up monster. Set a Calif- he, he went to high school in California. Set a school record in shot put that held for over a decade. You're talking over 10 years this shot put record did not get touched. Now, I'm looking to try and find that record, and I haven't been able to find it yet. Uh, give me just a minute, and I'm actually going to get that back to you. But he went on from high school. He went in and played in the NFL for a little while. He played with the Oakland Raiders, played with the Dallas Cowboys. After his stint with those two teams, he ended up going to, which, you know, either one of you guys, everybody knows neither one of those are good teams to play for. But that he got into wrestling and he started playing, you know, he started wrestling around with uh, the Hart family and kind of got set up with them. And next thing you know, he, he kind of, I don't know, man, he just kind of took it off from there. But anyways, this past Monday, Jim the Anvil Neidhart has pa- had passed away, 63 years old. He's too young, and, uh, you know, it, it's a sad day for any kind of wrestling fans. That If you were wrestling, if you watched any kind of wrestling, you knew who it was. And it's, man, it's just devastating. It sucks. And, you know, so our thoughts and prayers and condolences go to the family and friends of the and all the fans of Jim the Anvil Neidhart and all of the other yeah anybody affiliated with him. Um, I I do actually have a 
clip here I'd like to play. It's from a promotional video that he did back in 1989. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and play that real quick. <laughs> you know something? The Heart Foundation, we work in mysterious ways. <laughs> you know, the Hitman and I, we've been world tag team champions. But if the Hitman, if he has a personal issue that he wants to take care of, that's fine with me. And if I got a personal issue that I got to take care of personally, that's fine with me too, and fine with the hitman. But when you get the hitman and the anvil together as a group, as a team, <laughs> as a well-meshed, oiled team, moving and jelly, going, baby, we are good. <laughs> Possibly the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's the anvil that we all know and love right there, ladies and gentlemen. Jim the Anvil Neidhart. And if you remember watching him back in the day, this dude would stroke on his goatee, and he just he had that laugh that you would never forget. The dude was crazy, and tagged him partners with Bret Hart, you know. So, I mean, you already know how that worked out. I mean, they, everybody, they were great, man. I wish I was, I remember sitting there watching it on TV. and was like, man, I want to be that kid. You know, I was so jealous of the kid when they'd come down and Brett would take them glasses off and put them on that one kid. And, you know, I never really thought about it. Nine times out of ten, it was probably a family member. But if it wasn't, I still always wanted to be that kid. And it sucks because he's passed away. And, uh, you know, so like I said, our, our thoughts and condolences to the family and friends in this time right now. Passed away Monday. And, uh, you know, another... Another well-known athlete and uh, huge, huge fan, dude. I'm a huge fan. This guy, wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going in circles here, but it's like because I'm at a loss for words. It's just, it's sad to say that somebody else passed away at such a young age, too. I mean, 63. Yeah, I still got quite a few years to go to reach that, but. Still, man, 63, when you look at the grand scheme of things, really isn't – it's not a good time to go, man. He's still got years ahead. But, you know, he he uh, he wrestled with some heart condition or with some health conditions, and so it just kind of took the best of him, and that was pretty much it. But uh, we're going to take a quick break here. I got a new track on the board here for you guys to check out. I got to play it. You're going to love it. It's nice. If you don't like it, well, it's because you're not a Niner fan, but you need to be. So we're going to throw this out there for all you Niner fans. This is Niners by Law. and liberating things for me and I think why this thing came to fruition uh, you know I made a big deal that this stayed quiet you know and, and you know first of all you know what I was doing I was um, you know part of the rumors are things fly out of that building and so I wanted to see could I trust this building. Not as by law, we go, we go, go. Not as by law, we go, we go, go. 
rum. My leader real low, go blood to the death. Tailgate, got a little power on my breath. Empire rolls, seal banging green lights. My 49, tall cans, double shots. Middle finger up, motherfucker, see hot. Red zone banging, got drama, let it pop. Killer California, Houston, Texas. This lane gang hopping out of Lexus. Niggas be frontin', not die hard. Popping out the mouth, eat all kinds of. Santana family rapping in the shot. Me and Orvello eating Giordano pie. Rain red hollering, not as by law. Ace damn chilling, go toes, hard war, nigga. Welcome back to your morning cup of sports right here on RadioAFS.com with your boy Brian B. Evans. And, uh, yeah, Farmer. Can't say Farmer. He's not here. But I do have somebody here, and uh, it's time to bring him on from the Extreme Sports Show, my man Big T. What's going on, dude? What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, wait. Farmer ain't here, so somebody's got to do it. Good morning, baby cakes. <laughs> Good morning. So, well, Farmer, he, he went to China again. He got is a new revelation or something. What what happened this time? I I don't even know. I'm at a loss here. I can't even make nothing up. Uh, I'm so <laughs> well, and you know, I, I told you uh, while we were on break. You know, you called in. I was telling you we were talking about Jim the Anvil Nightheart. You know, one yeah. of the legends that I loved watching growing up, you know, he was part of the Hart Foundation, tag team with the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, 
two-time tag team champions, you know, and he definitely made his his footprint in wrestling history. But this, I mean, his passing at such a young age of 63 just kind of got me all twisted up today, man. I can't think straight. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't just mm-hmm. go on and on and on like I usually do. So I'm like sitting here talking in circles, and I'm like, yep, we're taking a break. So I needed to regroup, and then uh, you called in. So, but uh, I know you're a wrestling fan, man. You told me, you know, you grew up on wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. how'd you take the news when you heard him? Heard about him passing? Yeah, I was, I was shocked. Uh, he won the greatest tag teams of all time. You remember the Heart Foundation of the uh, '80s, uh, the uh, great WrestleMania three, Danny Davis, and uh, um. um um, with the Hart Foundation, you get the Anvil Demolition, uh, the greatest tag team match, one of the greatest tag team matches of all time, uh, SummerSlam in the 90s, well, I think it was 1990. Um, him and your brother in law, Britt, the Hitman Hart. Uh, and uh, somebody put up last night, only one left of them, and that's Britt Hart of the Hart Foundation. Every last one of them gone now. So, you know. That, you know, that's hard to take. You know, I'm a big wrestling fan. I grew up on the NWA, the Four Horsemen. Uh, I grew up, I, I wasn't a real big WWE fan, but I knew, uh, I always felt like NWA was better back in the day with Dusty Rose and stuff like that. But I looked at both of them. And I, you know, just, you know, when the NWA demolished, you know, you carry on to the WWE and things like that. And I kept up with everything. So, um, you know, the history of it, and um, Natalia Nane, he got his daughter, Natalia. Uh, she's one of the greatest women wrestlers out there. You know, I didn't know he had three kids. I knew about Natalia, right now. he had three daughters. So, um, you know, Tyson Kidd, his son-in-law, um, you know, the Hart family, you know, they they got a lot of history in professional wrestling. A lot of history. Oh, man, they really so, do, too. I mean, they've got their yeah. own wrestling schools up in Canada and everything. You know, it's like, hey, you want to learn how to train for the from the Heart Foundation? Come here, you know. And, I mean, really, where do you, where else would you go? I mean, it's the Heart Foundation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so you already know they get a lot of people, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, not too long ago, we thought we lost Bret Hart. Yeah, you know, he had a heart attack. Yeah, and you know, I mean, of course, anybody remembers decades ago. You know, a couple decades back, we lost Owen Hart, and it's like it's almost like a cycle, man. I think it was like ten years after, wasn't it? Like ten years after yeah. Owen, Bret Hart has a heart attack and damn near died, yeah, th- yeah, and then like the ten Bruce years Bull- later, I think the British Bulldog died like three years after Owen. Something like that. You know, he was one of the brother laws too. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, but it's crazy because it's like, Owen died 10 years later. It's, I think it was like 10 years later. Bret Hart has a heart attack and almost dies. 10 yeah. years after that, Jim the Anvil Nightheart dies. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, now, I, yeah. for those of you who are listening, 
You want to get on Google and Google the dates, you go right ahead because I'm probably wrong. So I'm going to call that out now before you call in and try to say something because I don't give a shit if I'm wrong or not. It's the principle of what I'm getting at, okay? It went a long time and then something else happened to the family. Oh, go figure. It happens to everybody's family. Got it. But those families don't impact, never impacted my life as the Heart Foundation did. So bite me. Mm But uh, <laughs> so uh, big T, man, big T, big T. I love you, brother. You know I love you, right? All right, right, right. I love you, man, and that big crispy ass of yours. Cause you know what I'm about to say. I know we were going there. Now let let's, let me have for the, it. for the record. For the record, I'd like to state. It's only preseason, but it's still a win. Are we counting the preseason in this or just regular season, postseason? Just regular season, you know, just regular season. And preseason don't matter. I can't because our first string played a great first half, but our third string didn't do shit. So and you, you also had a you also had a key player get injured. Yeah. Now, now we can't we can't say I can't say much because. You know, we had a key injury. We had a few, actually, a few key injuries uh, take place when on our very first preseason game, too, which is kind of – man, how the hell you get a career-ending or a season-ending injury in a in game preseason, game one of the preseason? Like, yeah. did you not go to training camp at all? Like, what, what happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And just seemed like the injuries in, in the early 90s, and the stuff like that, you won't never hear injuries like these. But it just seems like everybody get hurt these days. You get touched. You just blow on somebody getting hurt. I'm well, just that's, like, wow. You know, a lot of a lot of people, and and yes, I'm one of them. Was complaining about the new hit rule, where mm-hmm. you, and you know which one I'm talking about with the uh, the new the new hit that'll actually be penalized as a. Uh, Oh, uh, what was it? Uh, unsportsmanlike conduct or something? I don't conduct, remember. Yeah. But if if the player's helmet drops any, I mean, it can be a clear shoulder to chest tackle. But if his helmet drops at all, even if it's not going to hit the player, and you can clearly see it's not going to hit the player, he can get penalized for that now. Why yeah. don't they just? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember years and years ago. They created these little these little waist things that had little flags on them, and people uh-huh. would play football like that. And those are called the pussies that can't handle getting tackled. <laughs> exactly. So maybe, just maybe, here in a couple years, I'm thinking the NFL might resort to flag football. Yeah, because they they t- they they try they scared of these um they scared of these um um um. um Concussion protocols and getting sued and things like that, but at the exact same time, you got to teach your teach your players how to tackle. Guys do not tackle these days in the NFL. They trying to go for they don't go for big hits anyway. You don't know how to tackle on a big hit in the nineties. You not running a lot. I got and I'm gonna give it give the San Francisco before the other side. Ronnie Lott was probably one of the best tacklers that would knock your head off. 
these days, but you still see guys get up. Guys do not know how to tackle these days in the NFL. Oh, I agree. The, the, I agree. Yeah, the great, the great giant, the great giant defense. You know, things like this. So people do not know how to tackle these days in the NFL. Well, you're right. They really don't. I mean, yeah, every every year has their handful of people that just they're just out to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you go back, you know, you go back to, and I hate to mention these teams. God, I hope Trucker JJ is not listening. But <laughs> if you go back to Pittsburgh Steelers, you look at the mean Jack Lambert. Yeah. That yeah. dude, man. Yeah, he wanted to, he knew how to tackle. He knew how to hit. But he also wanted to hurt people, too. So, mm-hmm. but he he knew when to pick his battles. And that's the problem with a lot of these players now is they don't know when to pick their battles. They just go in and hit. You know, you remember Troy Palomalu. That dude, mm-hmm. I mean, he used, like, what? what's the dinosaur? You remember there's a dinosaur that would hit with the top of their head. They'd, like, line, yeah, their, they, like, align their spine perfect to where it didn't, kill, it didn't hurt them or nothing. And they just, like, ram yeah. right into them. Mm-hmm. You, no, you know, it was Ricks. I, I don't remember what it was called, but stuff like that that kills me because you know, these, these people, I mean, yeah, they get out there and they're trying to hurt people. Now, I understand concussion protocol, but at the same time, if we're going to have a concussion protocol, follow it because we yeah. had an incident, what was it, last season? I think it was last year or the year before the, I want to say, Houston Rockets. I could, I'm could i probably wrong on that, but or not the Houston Rockets, I'm sorry. The uh, <laughs> I'm, I've got something about the Rockets. I got something about the Rockets up right now because, you know, Melo getting traded and everything. But the Houston Texans, I think it was, one of the quarterbacks in the league got hit, went to the went to the tent for the concussion protocol, wasn't even in there for – wasn't even in there a minute. And they brought him back on the field. Like he was out for like one play. That was it. Oh, they got uh, – uh, uh, the quarterback. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, and, and then what like, happened to him? He was him? on the field having a seizure. <laughs> right. What happened to him after that? The very next play he's in, he got hit again, yeah. and he was, and it screwed him up. Yeah. If you're not gonna follow concussion protocol, 100 percent, then don't do it. Which exactly. brings me to my next, which brings me to the, my next point here. I want your opinion on this. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now under investigation by the NFL because apparently they thought Tom Brady was so freaking cool to do it that they decided to do their own deflate gate. They are under oh, yeah. investigation <laughs> right now. Game one of the preseason, of the preseason backup quarterback throwing a marshmallow. People, <laughs> somebody said it was a marshmallow. It looked like a marshmallow. It was that flat. Now, if anybody yeah. out there listening, all two of you, feel like you want to call in, feel free to do so. The number you can reach us at is 646-668-8467. Make sure also you guys check us out on Facebook, Twitter. We're there. Give us a like. Give us a share. Invite your friends. And uh, everything, like I said, everything we talk about, we post on our pages and stuff. Anyways, or at least we try to. But, hey, we're two guys. We stay busy. All right? So if it's not up there – Get over it. Go back, listen to the show, <laughs> and uh, Google it. But um, well, yeah. anyways, now 
there's a lot of question about this investigation of is it going to have the same excuse me is it going to hold the same uh level of invest of an investigation being a game one of preseason as it would as it, or as it did with Tom Brady in the in the New England Patriots when that was regular season postseason I don't think so because of it was not big being Rossberger in uh it was not the first string and things like that I don't think it would be important I think it'll be look looked over but I think because it's not it's not big being and things like that. They probably get a little penalty, a little slap on the wrist or something like that. The Pittsburgh State. Right, but at the but at the same time, shouldn't it be? Shouldn't it, it be should. held to the same level? Because whether it's preseason or it's the fucking Super Bowl, the fact is, is you're cheating. You yeah. know, that's like if I go out and somebody steals a car. You know, they get arrested for theft, and then I go to the store, and I steal two racks of ribs, and they're just like, oh, well, just give them back. Go on about your day. No, I should get arrested for theft too, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, different item, same concept, same principle, though. Yeah, exactly. It's still in the NFL game and things like that, but I think it would be looked over. I think it was not. I I think I heard it. I I can't remember seeing it on ESPN, but I can. I remember seeing it online. I don't remember nobody really talking about it. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people, you know, when you're looking at your records and and you're trying to figure everything out there, and you're like, oh well, you know, that loss didn't matter. It's just preseason. You know, well, let me tell you what. If you're a Browns fan, those wins matter, okay? Because that's the only ones they get is in the preseason, okay? So the preseason matters. The injuries that happen in the preseason are real. They carry on to the regular season, so it matters, okay? If the preseason didn't matter, there'd be cheat codes with no injuries, 100-yard field goals, and a whole bunch of other nonsense. So they do matter. But to sit here and – to sit here and say it that and and I've seen this I've I've seen some of the arguments on it. They're like, oh well, you know it's preseason. He's a backup. You know he he you know he he made a mistake. Well, mm-hmm. you must be a Pittsburgh fan looking out for your player because let me tell you something. The fact is is he cheated. Okay, from day one of playing football, Big T. I'm sure you probably played back in your day, Pop Warner maybe. A little bit of middle school, high school. <laughs> yeah, I played but, high school football and middle school. But when you started playing, you learned the fundamentals, right? Exactly. And where in the world, in any sport, is cheating supposed to be allowed? No. Do you know what I mean? They learn these fundamentals. Yeah. They know. And I'm sorry, this guy's a backup quarterback for the NFL. Which tells me that he's thrown enough footballs to make it to that point where he knows what a damn football feels like if it's not got enough what? air in it. Wasn't it uh, Landry Jones? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to uh, – so you can go back at Oklahoma then. If you want to deflate that, he wanted to uh, – he was throwing for 500-something yards at Oklahoma. Yeah. So 
with a deflated ball because they can get that. I don't know what it is, man, but I don't know. I, I've tried to throw a, a flat football before, and it didn't work. You know, it didn't yeah. go as far. It wasn't the straightest pass. I mean, it it wasn't pretty at all. That's why you'll never see a picture or a video of it because it doesn't exist. It was yeah. not cool. <laughs> so I really don't understand the purpose in deflating the ball. I mean, if you got to make it softer for your receivers to catch, well, then maybe your receivers just need to pick up ballet because apparently <laughs> they can't catch balls. But in all honesty, though, they should uh, they should actually give him the same amount of an investigation. They should look into it just as much. And if they find him guilty, then – he should be suspended, and Pittsburgh should be fined just as much. As, maybe not just as much, I mean, depending on what it is. But, you know, they find, they were found guilty of the deflate gate uh, scandal. Tom Brady was suspended for four games. The yeah. New England Patriots were fined $1 million, and they were also docked two draft okay. picks. Yeah. So, if you're going to go to that amount and that's one hell of a penalty against the team that is one crazy penalty but if you're going to take it to that level and that's going to be your standard that you set for this is what happens you made an example out of Tom Brady and the New England Patriots uh-huh. for cheating then that needs to be that your golden standard of what happens if you get caught doing this Game suspension. Yeah, I, Your team gets fined, and you guys lose draft picks. Yeah, I can do so, that because it was the exact same thing. Exactly. Now, I just want to throw this out there real quick, and then I'm going to move on with you. Farmer's not here, so we're going to talk some basketball. But just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, the 49ers have one game over the Redskins. Yes, it doesn't matter, <laughs> but it it shows that we're doing something a little bit better. So uh, be on the lookout here. Be on the lookout here in a few months. You'll be seeing Big T getting that crispy ass tattooed with that 49er emblem. And the greatest part about it is it's his very first tattoo. <laughs> yeah, no tats on this body whatsoever. It, <laughs> it would not be there. <laughs> All right. Now, here's a question I have for you, sir. Does Carmelo Anthony make the Rockets a bigger threat for the Warriors? And the answer is no. (laughs) Here's the reason why. I I wanted to hear Everybody knows it ain't going to work. Everybody knows it ain't going to do no damn good. I don't care if you got James Harden. I don't care if you got Chris Paul. I don't care who you got. Carmelo is, I'm sorry, there was so much hype built up around Carmelo Anthony. Him and LeBron played, you know, and they came into the league right around the same time. And what they, Hell, it might have been the same damn year. I don't remember. But there was mm-hmm. so much hype because Carmelo was the shit before he came to the league. And he's mm-hmm. had his time. He's had his moments, yes. But he ain't – I mean, if you look at the whole picture, 
He ain't done a damn thing. He ain't done shit exactly. to be considered a threat. Now, you want to talk about the Rockets? Bring back them. Bring back my man Tracy McGrady. Okay, that's a threat to a team. One yeah. man threat to a team. But it's sad when you've got Chris Paul and James Harden, and you're still not going to you, – you add Carmelo Anthony – and they're still not a threat. Like that just says you ain't you, you ain't no good. You're you're the bottom of the barrel, buddy. <laughs> exactly. What? And, let me. Um, I, I want your point on this, though. Well, my point is Carmelo has declined each year, and he he's one of those players that you're going to look at as a Carmelo. That I feel that. Yeah, Charles Barkley. He's a great, great player, but he's he won't never get there. He will never get to the promised land. He was never he would never win your championship and things like that. He's one of those players because he he doesn't have it in him to he he's settled he don't have that killer instinct that he wants to win a title. You can see it in K D, you can see it in LeBron, you see it in Steph Curry. But you can't see it in in, in um, Melo with OKC and what they had last year with Melo, Paul George and Westbrook. They never should have lost in the first round of the playoffs. They should be a contender for the, in the NBA title last year. Didn't work. It was chemistry was wrong. I, I saw it. It could have worked, but it was something there. Maybe it's the coaching. It was something there that didn't work. So, and then it tells you they bring Paul George back to really push Carmelo out the door. It tells you something was wrong right there. It was, everybody said it was Phil Jackson in New York. Phil Jackson kept saying that, that Carmelo don't have has it in him. And people got on Phil Jackson back real bad. So, it was something there that Phil Jackson saw. That same thing. Carmelo don't have that winning instinct in him to win a title. And going to Houston, Chris Paul doesn't have, have it. It's just something about Chris Paul is that same thing. Chris Paul get hurt every year in the playoffs with the Clippers and what they had. They should have won the NBA title. It's something there that you never gonna get over that hump and get where you need to go. I think Carmelo coming there is not going to help. It's going to be he's just gonna be one of those great players of all time that never get a ring. And that's how I see it. J Real, J Real Hip Hop Show, one you know, on extreme yeah. radio, one of the biggest yeah. Carmelo fans out there. And I tell him every day, <laughs> your boy's never gonna get it. <laughs> that's how I see it. <laughs> That's how I see. I just feel like he's gonna be one of those Carl Malone, Josh Stockton, um type of players that they're always gonna have a great history, but never gonna get there. He he doesn't have it in him. I just that's how I see. He don't have that Michael Jordan killer instinct in his eye. He don't have that. I, and baby Brian Brown, I got to give it to him. I, and people sh- don't tell nobody this. On, on oh, you're on live, buddy. 
Yeah, I'm a baby Ron Ron hater. I will always be. He's playing for my Lakers now. He got one. He got one chance to win the title. Or I'm gonna make it worse for him. But anyway, he he does have the killer instinct to win the championship, and I just don't see Melo doing it. See, that's another one that you brought up right there. LeBron James going to Los Angeles. Yeah. <sighs> that hurts. <laughs> that that hurts. hurts so much. You know, okay, does LeBron make does LeBron make Los Angeles a contender? Yes. yes. Does he make them a better team? Yes. Does he give them a help uh, does he help give them a fighting chance to make the finals? Yes. He does. Does he deserve to be in L.A.? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Does he? Should he be in L.A.? No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I do not believe LeBron James should be in Indy uh, or should be in L.A. And here's why. Like we like we talked around. Like we talked about. We we watched the Lakers just annihilate people. Under Kobe Bryant. LeBron James is always compared to Michael Jordan as who's the GOAT. LeBron's better than Jordan. Jordan's better than LeBron. But to be better than LeBron, or I'm sorry, to be better than Jordan, he would have to be better than a lot of other NBA greats. You know, one person in, in particular, Kobe Bryant. I still believe, and I'm a firm believer, now we had Sporty J on the show uh, last week, you know, we talked about this and, you know, he made some good points about, you know, LeBron being in LA and, you know, the Kobe era and everything. And, and we talked about that, you know, cause we grew up, you know, during the Kobe era, you know, mm-hmm. we grew up, I, I remember the day he was drafted into the NBA, you know, and he just took off from there. And that was, it became Kobe's team and the Lakers have always been, and will always be, Kobe's team. Okay, you take the likes of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Shaq. You know those people. It don't matter what they did. It's Kobe's damn team. Well, Kobe wasn't on the Lakers back in the '60s and '70s when they were battling the Celtics back and forth. It don't matter. Yeah. It's still Kobe's Lakers. You know. But my thing is, is he's always compared to Michael Jordan. I'm sorry, but Kobe's better than LeBron which means that LeBron is not going to be better than Michael Jordan because when it comes down to it, I'd love to see Kobe in his prime, Michael in his prime, bam, one-on-one, who's the better man? So I'm sorry, LeBron, but you're third on the list, bub. I'm sorry, but (laughs) that's just, you know, not only that, but LeBron, man, LeBron plays in a whole different style of ball game than what Jordan grew up playing in and what, Kobe grew up in you know Kobe grew up Jordan grew up in a fierce league that was physical Kobe grew up in a fast pace run 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 physicality you know and skill league LeBron mm-hmm. he ran he grew he's he plays in a league where he's big as shit he's a he's a bulldozer man he's he's so big and so fast but the problem is is I don't remember Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant being called the king of flop. Okay, yeah, when you get right. a nickname like the king of flop, automatically deducted 20 points from possibly being the GOAT. So, 
We need to move on from that. You know, I think Co- I think LeBron being in Los Angeles, regardless of what he does, it will always be Kobe's Lakers. He will always, while in Los Angeles, he will always be under Kobe's shadow. Yeah, I, I agree with it. I agree with it. But I can make it saying, but exact same. And people got to realize this: Mike and Kobe did meet in Mike Prime. So, and that's why Mike give Kobe that much respect. Of if you go back and YouTube their games, Chicago Bulls and Lakers, um, I think they met twice that year. Shoot, it was hitting 33, 34 points a game, and Michael gave that respect. He's the closest thing to him than anybody. So I, I agree that 100% with LeBron. I wouldn't even put LeBron, you said, in the top three with them, but we, we had a discussion on our show a couple weeks ago of all time. I won't put, I'll put LeBron like seven or eight of all time. And I probably won't put them that much. I probably because you, you people look over Magic, Kareem, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, I'll give you another uh, one that was three times smaller than LeBron, but far more fierce. Allen Iverson. Oh, exactly. And people are not talking about AI like this. Nah, but when was the but, last time you heard? When was the last time you heard Sean Kemp's name? In oh, the list with compared to LeBron James, uh, yeah. you know Akeem Olajuwon. Now I understand these are different positions, but at the same time, when you talk about the goat, you got to talk, yeah, talk about who's the, the best, well-rounded player of all time, the exactly. greatest of all time in everything. Okay, Jordan could play all positions, Magic could play all positions, Larry Bird yes. played all positions. You know, you look at people like uh, Akeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley. Okay, you put Larry, you put LeBron James and Charles Barkley on a court against one another. Charles Barkley is going to destroy LeBron. LeBron's mm-hmm. got speed. LeBron's got speed. LeBron's got size. But if you remember watching Charles Barkley play back in the day, that dude had the strength. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I'm sorry, but I honestly believe that he would have bodied him wherever he needed to go. You know, and and I think honestly that's that's the thing that a lot of people are forgetting is you look at these players. There's so many players from the past in the NBA that don't get acknowledged as a comparison to who could have stopped LeBron James. They automatically want to go for the big guys, Michael Jordan. Well, you know what? Yeah, I think Michael Jordan was better. And Michael Jordan does hold records that LeBron has never touched. But at the same time, there's people before or after Michael Jordan's time that could actually stop LeBron James, that has stopped LeBron James. Manu Ginobili from the San Antonio Spurs has stopped LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard. I was I was just about to say Kawhi Leonard <laughs> has stopped. He shut LeBron down. LeBron didn't know what yeah. to do. 
Kawhi yeah. locked his ass up so bad. That dude, I, I swear to you, Kawhi locked that dude up so bad on the court. I swear LeBron James thought he was just going to get three hots and a cot. He was waiting <laughs> on visitation hours, hoping he was going to get a visit from the family, maybe use a phone call, see if somebody put money on his books, because that dude, he was locked down so tight. I promise you, LeBron felt like he was in jail. He yeah. wasn't getting nothing. Kawhi wasn't letting him. So if you're going to let somebody like and, – and I ain't got nothing against Kawhi Leonard. And I know if you guys go back a while back, yes, I said I didn't think that much of Kawhi Leonard. And I didn't. But then I actually sat back and I, I checked out his stats and I watched him play and everything. And I'm not going to flip-flop my decision and say that he's the greatest because, no, I'm not like that. But Kawhi Leonard, actually, I, I watched more back. At the time, I really wasn't watching – I couldn't watch it as much as I wanted to. But I have an opportunity to keep up on it now. Kawhi Leonard is a beast. Yes, he really is. But how can you compare LeBron to Michael Jordan when Kawhi Leonard shut LeBron James down? And he ain't even in a comparison. When was the last time you heard somebody say Kawhi Leonard should be the GOAT, not Michael Jordan, not Kobe Bryant? But yet, we're going to sit here and talk about LeBron, who got shut down by one of the guys who's not even mentioned in a comparison. Yeah. I think I think well, you need to come on uh, Extreme Sports one day. Uh, I got two guys who will probably uh, cry because you said that. Marvelous Matt and LC probably will cry. They are big LeBron, Bron, baby Bron, Bron loves. They probably will sit there and start crying. Oh, well, you already know they like talking to me. How, <laughs> yeah. how many times have I been on the show? They love talking to me because yeah. I think I'm like. They will start crying. <laughs> oh, I, I can come on and uh, I, I can bring up this argument all day. You know I love to talk about this. You know I love yeah. to talk about. I, I love to talk about shutting LeBron down on the race to be the GOAT, which I'm sorry. LeBron, and, and I will say it right now because, y'all, I don't want you guys thinking I'm a hater of LeBron. I love to watch the guy play. I do. I'm, I, I don't like him. I mean, he's a great ball player. He really is. He's very talented, very good. He lets too much emotion get in the way of the game. He wants everything to go his way. Look at how many times he's ran away from his team. Okay, the only mm-hmm. reason Michael Jordan left the Bulls was because he retired. Okay, he left. Yeah, yeah he went. And, he went and played with the Washington Wizards. He regrets that. He'll tell you that to his to your face this day that he regretted going to the Wizards. But so what? He did it. Got it. But he went back to the Bulls. You know, Michael Jordan is a Chicago Bull. Michael Jordan stayed with the Chicago Bulls. He built the t- they built the team around Michael Jordan, and he made them so damn good that when he left. The team was so good, as their chemistry was just so great that when he left, all they did was fill the gap. Scottie Pippen stepped up, and they went without him. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to see. Did you see Cleveland do that when LeBron went to Miami and everybody was burning his jerseys? No. They didn't get to. They didn't get did to you the see playoffs. Miami do it? I, did you see Miami do I, it after he left Miami and went back to Cleveland? No, <laughs> they still didn't do right. it. Right, <laughs> but Chicago Bulls can do it. I can't say nothing about yeah. Kobe because, well, Kobe never left. 
stayed with his team. Why? Because he's faithful. Because he knew that was his team. He knew he was going to yeah. make that team good or he was going to die trying. And that's exactly what LeBron had with Cleveland. LeBron had Cleveland. Cleveland Cavaliers was LeBron James's team. They should have renamed that team to the Cleveland LeBrons because that's exactly what it was. It was Cle- it was LeBron James's team. And he was like, oh, well, we can't win. You guys ain't doing it. So I'm going to go somewhere where they've got good players and we can win. And then he goes, he, he goes to Miami and all of a sudden D-Wade, you know, D-Wade gets healthy. He starts balling. And as soon as he starts and he gets healthy and starts balling, what happens? LeBron gets mad because it ain't all about him because D-Wade's back in the spotlight too. And he runs mm-hmm. back to Cleveland. Now he's in L.A. talking about, well, I'm not going to say I'll never go back to Cleveland because it's my home. So, you know, there's a pos- – it could happen in the future. Like, motherfucker, how many times you got to leave somewhere before you finally realize that's where you need to be? <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and you can say exactly as this. My, 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 my debate on it is if you want to great, if you're going to be a, a, the guy, I, I don't know what was going on in Cleveland with Dan Gilbert and things like that, but if you're the guy, Michael Jordan made team guys come to him and got better. Look at Dennis Rodman came. Uh, he developed a whole lot. Look at their bench. Look at the Chicago Bulls bench. Who can you go say was one of our NBA all-star on that bench? Nobody. But Michael Jordan made those guys better. And why can't you sit there and do the same thing? And if you were staying in Cleveland, make your whole team better, just like Jordan did. I can't. When Kobe came in, Kobe had all-star caliber players. But Michael never had that. He developed Scottie Pippen into an all-star caliber player. Make your team better and make those guys better. I think he got a chance now with the Lakers. They're young, and he can make those guys a lot better and uh, all-star type of players. But let's see. But what I'm saying is, if you be the goat, make those guys better, and make those and make them all-star caliber type of guys player. You, <laughs> your 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 stepdaddy, you made him better. So why can't you make <laughs> the, the other guys better? I had to throw a shot out there. Exactly. <laughs> if people don't know who the stepdaddy is, research. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't deal with you right now. Uh, but no, I mean, <laughs> you're you're right though. You know, Michael Jordan made the team better. Okay, he str- Michael Jordan believed in perfection, and yeah. that's exactly what he did. He made the team around him better. You know when. You look at when Michael Jordan came into the league. Okay, you go back to 1985. Who was the point guard? John Paxson. Mm-hmm. John Paxson was John Paxson was awesome. With the mustache. With the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I mean, dude, you look at all the teammates that he had, though, that were just somehow just amazing because he had Horace Grant with him. You know, mm-hmm. B.J. Armstrong, Stacy King, Will Purdue, Cliff Levingston, Craig Hodges. These are names that I can I actually remember. Mm-hmm. You know, and who were they? Exactly. Who were they? You know, but they were guys that made it happen. I'm sorry, Michael Jordan wasn't always on the court. He had to sit down at times. You know, there were times mm-hmm. where he got injured, times he couldn't play. Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, you know, people that picked it up and ran with it. Why? Because Jordan set the pace for the team. Jordan set the pace with the team. He strived for perfection. He pushed the team for perfection. I remember watching some stuff, man, and some of the players that, you know, that were on the Bulls back in the day, they'd sit there and talk about, you know, working with Michael Jordan, and they talk about how bad it was. Because no matter what they did, no matter how good they did it, it was never good enough for him. And he always wanted it better. You know, but there was a reason behind that. Look at the dynasty that was caused because of that. Exactly. But when have you seen that happen with LeBron James? Now, don't say Miami, because Miami was already a stacked team pretty much when he went there. Yeah, he did a big part. He had a big part in that, but you look at the team that they already had when he went there. That kind of helped. Yeah, and I think it, it, you can't say it, it's nobody because even with Cleveland, the champion, I still say that's not a, a ring. I would never grant them that ring because of the. Uh, Jermon Green situation that he got suspended. I feel like that's still Golden State ring. I would never give him that ring. But anyway, they had a stacked team. It's just it's that same thing. Michael never had a stacked team. And like I said, people just go back and say, like Cliff, Cliff Livingston. Michael would tell you today, he, he you know, when they got rid of Cliff Livingston, you know, th- that hurt the team to him. But they, you know, they rebuild and still did their thing. You know, he wanted the most influential or influential influence people that they had because he, he, you know, you had that guy that just keep them motivated. Exact same thing. Mike, um, LeBron never had that, and you had guys that you could have made better. But it's all about you, and that's that's my thing. It got to be about him. Look at the what that's why Kyrie left. It got to be all about you. And look at exactly what he's doing and look what he did to Boston. With yeah. Boston around. You know, yeah. Boston he went to Boston and all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh my god, Boston, Boston, Boston. You know, and, and that's what it is. I mean, people follow one guy and become a and you know how it is with the bandwagoners. But mm-hmm. I mean, we see it all the time with 49ers. I mean, Big T was a 49er fan, and then he, you know, <laughs> then he was a Kansas City fan. Now he's a Redskins fan. But we, we, and I know you know what I'm talking about, though, in all honesty, because, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of bandwagoners. You know, I'm sure you guys get them with the Redskins, all 12 of you. Hell yeah. But, <laughs> but people follow players. Now, yes, I watch individual player. I'll watch a team because of one or two players on the team. 
but that's because I like those players and I want to see what they do. That don't mean I'm going to like, okay, James Harden. I like James Harden, but do you see me rushing to the store to buy the next Rockets jersey? I can't. No, because I'm going to stick true to my team. I'm going to stick true to the team that I've loved ever since I was a child. And yes, that is the Chicago Bulls. I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. And so I will stick true to that team, but that don't mean that I didn't watch. I, I didn't love watching the Lakers and I didn't love watching the nineties Pistons with Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace and, you know, Rip Hamilton. I, I loved watching the Chauncey Billups. I loved watching those guys play, but when it all come down to it, who's your favorite team? Oh, Chicago Bulls. Oh. You know, I remember, I remember back in 1997, 96, 96, 97, Steve Kerr hit that game-winning, uh, that game-winning three-pointer to mm-hmm. win in the NBA Finals against the Jazz. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Ninety-five, ninety-five, ninety-six. Was it 95-96? Mhm. All right. Well, I couldn't. I was close, but you know, it just man. I watch teams. You know, I I hate the Sixers. Okay, there's only two reasons I was ever uh, I ever watched the Philadelphia Sixers, and that was Julius Irving, which was before my time, kind of. So you know, I mean, I watch highlights and stuff, but I love Julius Irving and Allen Iverson. You know, so that was the only reason I like the Sixers. I like all the teams because of players. The players make the teams, but I'm an actual true fan of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. So. I will argue the Michael Jordan aspect with LeBron James any day to anybody. I would lo- I I would gladly accept your invitation to the uh to the show. Just let me know when and I will be more okay. than happy to come on and ruffle your co-host's feathers because you know I love to do it. I done did it a yeah. few times. I love to do it. Especially when I bring yeah. out the fact when when I get them to admit that deep down they're really truly Duke fans. So <laughs> Oh, okay. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. It's time to wrap it up. We will be back. We are live every Monday through Friday, with the except we, man, we tend to struggle on Mondays, though. We really do. We struggle <laughs> on Mondays. But if we are here, we if we're there, we got that post put up. It's usually that pin post at the top of our page. Make sure you check it out every morning before the show. Click that pinned post, and if it ain't pinned, it's the top post, but make sure you check it out. We are live every Monday through Friday, 9.30 on the East Coast, 6.30 on the West Coast. Usually, it's Farmer and B. Evans, but there are those days where it's B. Evans and, well, whoever just happens to show up. Today was Big T (laughs) from the Extreme Sports Show. You guys can check him out on Sunday nights at, what time is that, Big T? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock on the East Coast which is 5 o'clock on the West Coast. And, uh, yeah, Big T, man, I appreciate you coming in today and talking sports with me because you know Armour don't like the basketball. Yeah, he don't like the b-ball. No, he does not. But, man, it's definitely a good time, and uh, I will definitely hit you up on that. Just get a hold of me, and I'll be more than happy to step in on the show. Uh, So, yeah, brother, you guys have a good one, and we will catch you tomorrow morning. Farmer should be in the studio, and we're going to hit up some uh, – some. I, I'd like to – we're going to have some fun tomorrow. So you won't want to miss uh-huh. tomorrow. We're about to have some fun.
Big T, you might want to be here for this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good one, and we will talk to you tomorrow. All right, brother.